Um, I, I want to ask you, Aaron, about uh, disconnections that you see now with, uh, with the teachings of Jesus. And one of the things that I have in my, believe it or not, I have it on my, um, on my reading list is the New Testament. Because the last time I read it was probably 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, or probably more, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And, you know, there's, uh, at first, because I became so, uh, uh, I developed a sort of aversion to religious text. I just couldn't read it and, and get anything out of it. But I'm sure you have made a lot of connections. You've made a lot of videos about Jesus and it's the master that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. And how does that, how did that became more um, shiny, if you will, for, for, for your own understanding now? Mm -hmm. Well, it was clear to me at, at a pretty early stage after leaving Christianity that um, Jesus was what we would call an enlightened being. And that was such a satisfying realization to have because my whole question was like probably two or three years before I officially gave myself permission to say, I'm not a Christian anymore. I was deeply wrestling with these questions and I was too afraid to commit to that because of Jesus, because in this man, in this figure, this avatar, I find the divine. I connect with God. I see God in this man. So if you're telling me he's not the son of God, he didn't die for my sins, all that stuff. Who is Jesus then? How, why is he so inspiring? Why does he move me so much? And so hearing this understanding of Christ, um, one of my favorite books is Christ, the eternal Tao. Amazing oh. read. That Christ was just an enlightened master, like a Buddha or a Krishna. Uh, he was an avatar who had basically achieved the highest possible state of God union that a human can attain, at least in third density. And that was incredibly inspiring to me. And actually, from that point on, I became even more obsessed with Jesus, but in a very different way, in a very relatable way of like, ah, if he could do it, I can do it. If he can, if he can realize God in, in a human lifetime, so can I. Because before, like you said, he was on the pedestal. He has a unique relationship with God that I don't have. He's God's son, and I'm like God's adopted son. Because Jesus, you know, was murdered on my behalf. So it's like a really bizarre relationship to have with an enlightened being or guru is really what Jesus is to Christians. And so that, that made me start exploring Christ as this, um, like you said, a realized being, a master. And I started reading the Gospels all over again. And I'm glad to hear you're going to reread it because the New Testament is just a kick-ass text, man. Full of powerful spiritual truths, even after the Gospels. In a lot of Paul's writings, Paul was clearly a mystic himself and was very inspired in a mystical sense with the figure of Christ and the, the meaning of the Christ figure, the Christ essence in us. And then with the law of one, I really understood that Christ consciousness is fourth density consciousness, right? It's the consciousness of oneness and unity. And so uh, I started a series on my channel a year or two ago, maybe called Mystical Jesus, which is really about seeing Christ as a, a mystic, a Jewish mystic, taking him off the savior pedestal and saying, wow, what can Jesus show us as an enlightened teacher and revisiting a lot of these famous sayings of Jesus, right? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. Uh, in the Tao, it's um, 
in the, the Christ, the eternal Tao, the text, it says, uh, the Tao is the way, the Tao is the truth, the Tao is the life. No one comes to the Tao except by me, is what Christ was saying. And it's just, uh, to me, it's incredibly inspiring because Christians are unknowingly worshiping an enlightened master. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because they, they see that word as evil, new age, heretical. And it's like, yo, Jesus was the most enlightened dude that ever walked this planet, probably, which I find to be a, a funny paradox. But, but Ra very much um, agrees with that view of Christ and agrees with Christ as being this extremely advanced fourth density soul. And I believe that um, there's just no way Christ could have found the non-duality teachings that he was giving in the first century Israel, where he only would have had, you know, the Hebraic tradition available at that time. The, the Hebraic tradition didn't have language suitable for non-dual teachings. And Christ did a very good job at putting non-dual teachings into that Hebraic language using words like the Father which makes it more intimate, saying, I and the Father are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, um, all on and on and on. But at the same time, it's still he was still limited by that dualistic language of viewing God as separate from us. So if Jesus had had you know, Hindu terminology available to teach with, I think he would have put it a lot more directly even than he did. But he still put it pretty directly, enough to the point that it got him killed, right? But I'm inspired by the way that Jesus clearly, you know, must have traveled to the East and found some kind of, you know, guru or realized master to sit under. And I really believe, you know, was it a Buddhist or a Hindu master? I really strongly believe it was Hindu based on a lot of things I don't have to go into, but I have my own theories about it, but most especially because of his supernatural abilities. I think that, um, yes. In the Hindu tradition, they talk about Kundalini awakening, Shakti awakening, where you activate what it really is, is fourth density energy in, in the spine that needs to be activated through spiritual effort. And we call it a Kundalini activation. Well, as we know, what they say in the Hindu tradition is when one awakens that Kundalini force, they become super enlightened, um, uh, creative genius. And I mean, we see that in Jesus's teachings, his parables are incredible. Um, supernatural abilities, psychic powers, be, ability to read minds, heal people, teleport, uh, translocate, uh, levitate, we could go on and on. And, and Christ displays all of those powers in the New Testament. So to me, that means he probably had a guru give him Shakti pot and awaken his Kundalini. And then he comes back at 30 years old, as this powerful realized master who can not only teach about this kingdom of God, this oneness model, but he can demonstrate it, right? And I think that's the, the main reason that Jesus was so, stands so apart from other savior figures back then, because there was a lot of people claiming to be the Messiah back then that history forgot about, doesn't care about. But Christ sort of could walk the walk and talk the talk, and people had no choice but to listen to this man because, like Jesus would often say, you know, um, I don't do this miracle um, in order to impress you or something, but so that the power of God can be demonstrated to you so that the kingdom of God can be made known to you. So to me, that all of that says a lot about those missing years of Christ between 12 and, and 30 years old. That makes sense. Especially, I mean, as you're talking, I'm making the few connections that I have with Jesus and 
Uh, one of the things that Ross says is that event when he killed a child, him being a child uh, as well, and that made him want to uh, use his powers for, or seek to use his powers for the positive. And I mean, I'm just speculating here, but it's not too far-fetched to think that Jesus started seeking as we all do. And of course, because of his uh, density background, he uh, discovered the synchronicity or, or found the synchronicities that led him to, uh, to this. I also believe, I mean, I was reading uh, Ellen Pagel's the, um, the Nagamati text, uh, the, the the Gospels that were right. removed, right? Gnostic Gospels, yeah. Yeah, and it's amazing, Aaron, the amount of things that even in those, I mean, you're talking about the New Testament, and I, I've seen you use a lot of uh, the references there, for which are obvious to us, were uh, studying non-duality. And in these Gnostic Gospels, you see even more of this, things that had to be removed for coherence, you know, in, in, the, in the Bible that was being created at that time. And there just, there is a huge amount of, of non-duality for sure there. There, oh yeah. One of the things that I believe is it's so important is that back in the time, you couldn't talk about this in in that area so that's why a lot of his parables and i don't know what you would think about this but i think that he had to uh cover a lot of the things that he said because yeah i mean he already knew and it seems to me that he knew that the, the longer he talked about this the faster his demise was or his doom was so he sort of known Absolutely. and he had to uh cover as much as possible and that's why if, and please correct me here, because I know there's, uh, there's a, a, a moment where Jesus is talking to people and uh, in his parables, and he was just glad that the, pe the few people that stay were the ones that could understand exactly what he was saying, because they had their, you know, eyes to see and their ears to, to listen, you know, uh, so, you know, that's, that's what I see there. So, yeah, well, it's interesting you're bringing this up, actually, because uh, the video I'm posting tomorrow is going to be Law of One, Episode 20, which is all about the dual activated body. And I'm actually talking about this very fact that um, based on what Ross says about Jesus, it's very likely that Jesus is one of these beings who was born with a dual activated body because he demonstrates that, you know, innate psychic power at such a young age, which means... Um, in the Hindu tradition and Kundalini yoga and Siddha yoga, they talk about how some beings are born with a Kundalini awakened already. Very rare, but it happens. And you start to see the parallels, right? Maybe a Kundalini awakening is the dual activated body. Maybe the people who are born with that is what Ra's referring to. And I think Christ fits that criteria perfectly because of that passage you, you mentioned. And another thing Ra says is that those born with a dual activated body have the innate understandings of fourth density inherent to them, meaning they understand oneness, they just get it, they understand the nature of reality as evolution and reincarnation and things like that. And so a, a dual activated body is, according to Ra, a very rare condition that happens when a fourth density soul, uh, who's just graduated from third density, wants to 
spend their first fourth density incarnation on a transitioning third density planet. And it could also apply to late stage fourth density beings who want to use an incarnation on a transitioning planet to be kind of a wanderer. But Ross says they're not technically a wanderer because it's likely like on earth, it could be their home planet. And just later down the road, they decide to reincarnate there versus go to another fourth density planet. So that's another way it can happen, but it's a kind of a rare special um, position that is only eligible for souls that are in the fourth density who had a very high degree of polarization. So if you just graduated from third density in your last life with a 51 or 53% polarization, and you want to be a, uh, spend your first lifetime on a transitioning harvesting planet like ours, you won't, you won't qualify for that dual activated position unless you're at like probably 70 or 80%, right? So Christ would fit all those criteria that Ra gives out and obviously displays that kind of psychic ability. So he either went to the East and had his Kundalini activated or much more likely, I think, based on the raw material, he already had it activated, but didn't understand it and needed a guru to teach him what it was and how to use it properly. And so what that really means is the dual activated body is actually possible for all of us to activate in this lifetime. It doesn't have to be something you're born with, but you know, as the, as the law of one goes, Ra will never give information that they're not asked about. And Don only asks Ra a few questions about people who are born with dual activated bodies, but the, he never asks Ra if one can activate the fourth density body in this incarnation. And uh, my hunch is that if he had, Ra would have said, absolutely. And when you look at the Kundalini passages from the law of one, Ra says a lot of interesting things that also match up really well with that, um, such as one of the phenomenons of a Kundalini activation that can happen in some people, if it happens too early, or like some people literally have their Kundalini activate if they fall off a horse or a motorcycle, or they fall down the stairs, something it can just happen to people randomly. And if they haven't done a lot of spiritual balancing and healing, they have a lot of distortions in their chakra network, then the Kundalini force basically exacerbates them. And it can put people into a state of psychosis, physical illnesses can manifest, whatever's lying dormant in the system that hasn't been purified can be amplified through that awakening. And so Ross says a couple of things along these lines. One is that um, if a third density being were fully electrically aware of fourth density understanding, their body would fail due to the incompatibility. I'm like, that sounds like a, a rough Kundalini awakening. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another passage where Ross says, to invite this kundalini awakening without knowledge of the laws of magnetism, meaning like the cleansing that needs to happen, I think, in the neurological system, uh, to activate this energy without the understanding of the laws of magnetism is to invite great imbalance. Like that's exactly what happens to people who awaken it too, too early. So it is a process that needs to be done with great care and, and time and patience. And it might take people, you know, decades uh, following a Kundalini yoga practice to slowly activate that energy. But that I think is the, the safest, healthiest, appropriate way to do it. Cause you give your, your body and your, your nervous system time to adjust to that incredibly powerful fourth density or green ray energy that is uh, much higher amplitudes, right. Than, uh, than third density energy is.